Welcome to CityCast, the Smart Cities podcast from CityVerve. In each instalment, we'll be tackling the issues faced by smart cities in the UK and further afield, as well as providing an update on all things CityVerve. Hello, my name is Vicky de Blasi and I'm joined this month by Ling Tan, a designer, maker and coder who's fascinated in how people interact with the built environment and particularly wearable technology. Ling is a member of Future Everything's Fault Lines cohort and for the past few months has been busy developing Super Gestures, which is a participatory art project that's been created in collaboration with young people in Manchester. Ling, welcome. Hi, Vicky. Later on, we'll also be hearing a report from our recent Open Innovation Selection Day, as well as putting one of the consortium up against the clock for our regular Meet the Partners segment. So, Ling, I've been reading a little bit about you ahead of this and your work. Um, It sounds fascinating. I think I'm right in saying that you trained as an architect. Yep. Um, And so how did you get from designing buildings to the kind of community-driven art projects that you're you're working on today? Um, So... I guess because I was trained as an architect uh, to begin with, and I've always been interested in the interaction between people and the built environment. In a sense, what I'm doing now is kind of an extension of that interest because um, it has similar focus on uh, interaction between people and environment, mm-hmm. but it has more of focus on using technology as that medium to investigate that interest. And in a sense, um, it got me to what I'm doing now, which is focusing more on citizen engagement as a methodology and using technology as a tool to empower people to speak up collectively. Yeah, fascinating. Um, and I know that you have a particular interest in, in wearables um, in that kind of technology sphere. Where did that interest particularly come from? Um, you know, I guess, what is it that you find so intriguing about wearable technology and their potential impact on society and, and the way we live in that built environment? So I got into uh, wearable technology five years ago when I was doing my thesis research on the pervasive um, the pervasiveness of technology in our everyday life. Mm-hmm. And um, it sort of became more of a tool for me to investigate my interests. Um, I think the, the thing about wearable technology is uh, I've been interested in the notion of social wearable tech in a sense that it's not only those commercial wearable technology that you put on your body and that it just... Um, actively tracks and record what you're doing without you having a say on what you want to do. I'm more mm. interested in the idea of a wearable tech that enables people to communicate with each other socially. So you're able to use these things that is attached to your body to kind of send messages to other people that uh, you want to talk to or collectively make a decision using that technology itself. And and something intriguing about that is um, as I've been doing more projects with wearable tech, the thing I realized um, about technology in general is that um, we rely on technology to make decisions for us without really considering the the situation and the consequences mm. of things that happens when you advocate your uh, your decision making to other people. So I've been more interested now in using technology as a medium to kind of give people that empowerment to speak up for things that concerns them, but not and not the other way around. When technology became something that just dictates what they do. Yeah. Yep. No, that sounds interesting. Uh, interesting what you're saying about kind of uh, the ability to communicate with other people and actually using technology as a force to help to create and unite a, a society and a community. You know, we hear so much these days about technology sort of dividing us up and making us very insular and breaking down that society. So really interesting to see that you're kind of approaching that from the other side. 
So uh, listeners to this podcast will be familiar with kind of the Fault Lines cohort. We've talked about that um, previously and, and the work that that cohort has done with City Verve. Um, how did you first get involved with Fault Lines? Um, I heard about it from uh, friends and colleagues and decided to apply for it. It was just as simple as that. Yeah, yeah brilliant. Um, and so tell us about Super Gestures, which is the um, second art commission that, that City Verve has commissioned as part of our Smart City project. So Super Gesture is a participatory art project that explores citizens' relationship with their city, in this case Manchester, through the use of wearable technology as a tool to give voices to people. And it's uh, co-created specifically with young people across Manchester. And it involves a series of workshops from January and February this year, where a total of 50 people aging from 15 to 30 years old took part in, in it to create audio and digital content for a large-scale outdoor performance, which is happening this Saturday on the 10th of March in Manchester. And in the workshop itself, participants went through a series of activities exploring their relationship with technology, also using CityVerve as this context to try and figure out what is their relationship with smart city and their concerns about their city in general and how they envision the future of the city to be. They were then asked to individually create audio messages that um, talks about their vision for the future and using this custom-made wearable technology with sensors embedded to collectively create this series of body gestures that embodies those content to be used for the performance. Um, the original starting point was about our relationship with technology. Mm -hmm. And like I say, it's about kind of figuring out since City Verve is based in Manchester, what is their relationship with City Verve itself and also with technology in the city. Um, and But what was interesting was during the workshop session, it slowly starts to evolve to stories concerning policymaking. Okay. So there was a lot of issue that arises such as rising university fees, transportation fees, homelessness, lack of green spaces, noise and air pollution, and the lack of safe space for youth. So this quickly became more of the binding topics in which all the participants across the different workshops were more interested to talk about. Right. And... Um, so um, so that's, that's that. And so in the performance itself, uh, which happens this Saturday, people, members of the public will be wearing this another special make wearable technology and listening to the audio content and then performing the body gestures that's created by the participants in the workshop. Excellent. So essentially the performance is sort of a kind of flash mob type sort of setup. Is that what people will expect to see of people performing in this way? You could say you could say it's this way because the performance, first of all, the performance is open to any members of the public above okay. the age of 15 years old to participate. So you don't need to have expertise in dance or technology itself. Mm. And all the participants will be wearing this wearable tech that enables them to listen to the audio content at different locations along the route. And all the locations were chosen by the participants that wanted their vo their stories to be heard in which location. So say if there's a story about homelessness, they wanted it to focus more along Oxford Street itself because okay. you can see more of that issue happening there. So it is somewhat like a flash mob, but it's also like a visual protest because they will be standing uh, okay. in situ and performing body gestures that relates to those stories. As a group, Please face the tram stop. Divide into two lines parallel to the tram lines.
I am Jonathan, a 17 year old. I am Jess, a 17 year old. We are Nathan, 20 years old. And Chris, 24 years old. I am Blade, a 16 year old. I am Imani. I am 16 years old. I am Macy, a 15 year old concerned about transportation fees in Manchester. We feel that the cost of public transport is constantly rising and these fare rises aren't being reflected in the quality of service. I feel claustrophobic and unsafe when on trains and buses at busy times. I think there aren't enough carriages on trains or enough buses at peak times. Oh, it sounds fascinating. And you mentioned with the workshops that you ran um, that you had focused on kind of a younger section of the population. What was the thinking about focusing particularly on that kind of age range? So it came about during the time, because when I start thinking about the project, it came about during the time where there was the general election in Britain. Okay. And at that time, there was a, a youth turnout causes this change in the political landscape Definitely. at that point. So at that point itself, it it just occurs to me that it, they are such an interesting group of people to work with. Because if you look at the smart city agenda, it is about technology that's going to be built now, but it's for people to use in the future. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, first of all, young people are the one that's going to be impacted by all the decisions that's going to be made yep. now. And they are most often neglected and not not considered as a stakeholder in all the discussion. Mm, mm. So I thought that their voices is quite important in this to give, I mean, for, partly for the city to hear what young people has to say and partly to prove that young people have a lot of things to say as well. Yeah, yeah. Abs- absolutely. Um, and in terms of the workshops, it's really interesting you, what you were saying about the fact that actually it kind of evolved as you went along and, and the, the group that you had sort of led that discussion. Were you surprised, I suppose, by two things? One, by the fact that there was that kind of consistency of comments coming through, that everyone was sort of saying the same sorts of things. Were you surprised by that? Um, and secondly, were you surprised by the sorts of things they were saying? So I know you mentioned kind of lack of self safe spaces for, mm. for the youth. Was that something that kind of surprised you or, or were the things that came to the front pretty much in line with your expectations? Well, I, cl- I definitely didn't expect them to talk more about policy issues itself. Mm. But I think what was interesting was all the issues that they have identified are things that I am concerned as a citizen myself. So sure. they are not things that particularly stood out because they are things that happen in London, same yeah. as other cities. And so that part was, I mean, in a sense, it was unexpected that the conversation came about to about policies, but um, it was kind of expected the type of issues that they have concerns with. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it sounds fascinating. Uh, you mentioned that the um, final performance is this coming Saturday. Um, and I understand that you were recently hampered somewhat by uh, the beast from the east and the uh, cold weather that we've been having recently. Perhaps yeah. you can tell our listeners <laughs> a little bit about that. So the performance was supposed to happen last Saturday, 3rd of March. And uh, well, the beast of east became, decided to come and visit. So, <laughs> so we, we had to postpone it. But, uh, well, that's the joy of outdoor performance in a sense, right? It's, yes. I mean, having to do with weather, making decision. The, keeps things yeah. interesting. Yeah, keeps things interesting. Yeah, well, fingers for sure. crossed for, for real, uh, crossed. better weather for, the, for this yeah. weekend. Um, and, you know, one of the things I wanted to ask you is that we think a lot when we talk about smart cities, about, you know, deploying sensors, uh, fixing them to street furniture, lampposts. You know, we've talked a lot in uh, the City Verb project about, you know, connecting bus stops and uh, smart lighting and smart parking and things like that. Why do you think that actually it's important when we're gathering data about the city to include citizens, to, to collect data from the people themselves rather than just the, the things that make up a city? Yeah. 
So, well, first of all, most often, like I said earlier on, we rely on technology to make decisions for us without considering, first of all, who they are, who are the people behind it, why are they doing it? Is it for us or is it for themselves? Or is it for commercial purpose? Mm -hmm. And how are they doing it? So we see so many instances where there's so many technology that were deployed in different cities, but in the end, citizens didn't take it up at all just because they weren't involved in it at the procurement stage. And as as a result, none of them heard about this project and then none of them took it on. So it's kind of, I mean, in a sense, just drawing back to um, the workshop itself as well. When we were, when we first introduced the different types of things, for example, City Verve itself, the the thing is across all the workshops, none of them heard about City Verve as well. So mm-hmm. it was something of, a, it, it was quite revelational, I guess, in a sense yeah. that none of them know that there was this smart city demonstrator that is happening maybe around their neighborhood. Mm. So, like I say, so oftentimes technology make decisions for us without us having a say in it. And these are things that affect our everyday life. And um, we've, we, we can't possibly just let big data and authorities have a say in this without us having any say in this. And the, the thing is also when we are the ones who's going to be impacted the most as well, especially in this case, young people, that's going to be impacted by city birth the most in the future. So I do think that they have they need to have a say in how this data is being used, first of all, and what type of data are being collected from them. Yeah, They should have a say in all of this. And also when technology became the, became the decision maker for us, we as a result lacked the agency and responsibility to take care of our own city. And in a sense, it's quite easy for us to say, oh, uh, there's air pollution issue. Oh, we just blame it on the government because they're not doing their job to help Mm. solve this thing. But the thing is, you you as a citizen, you could do a lot of other things to change this situation. And that's not happening now. So I think that's why I I strongly believe that citizens need to take part in this process of, um, first of all, figuring out what is to be done in the city just so that, first of all, they can't push the blame to other people because they're involved in this as well. But second of all, they have a much more kind of say and responsibility and also sense of ownership to the city. Yeah, and I think that's really interesting. You know, we talked a lot in the City Fair project about making sure that we're developing use cases that are citizen-centric so that everything we create is in direct response to a particular need or, or challenge. But I think it's really interesting what you're saying there about actually involving people in a smart city project enables them to take responsibility and shared accountability and i think i think that's a that's a really interesting concept um you know one of the other things i think is quite interesting that this work for me kind of starts to talk to is that again when we think of traditional smart city projects it's typically about delivering city services like lighting in a most efficient way as possible so driving down those costs to deliver that and i think it's really interesting when we start to involve society and the community and their data and their requirements and their challenges and needs within that, that you suddenly start to set yourselves goals and objectives for a smart city that goes beyond just cost efficiency and talks to things about, you know, inspiring uh, members of a, of a city, um, empowering citizens, um, creating a, a happier population. And I think, that, you know, these are things that seem like quite soft benefits, but actually increasingly, I think, as we've gone through this project, I've seen that that for me is where we can make a real difference and offer a real value. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's coming back kind of full circle to what you were saying at the beginning about wearable technology and how you can ultimately use that to to connect people together, not just to create connect people to, to data and information, but to create that connected community. And I just think that's a really interesting kind of proposition that your work really kind of brings to life. 
I think, and, and I think the thing oftentimes with smart city agenda is that everything is very focused on the short-term benefits mm. just because of the way um, procurement and also how the contract is being drafted in a sense. Yeah. And I think we need to really look at that from the very, the, the very starting point of how, first of all, the commission has happened, who are the stakeholders that's involved. And I think that definitely like what you say, it, when citizens is involved, optimization might be an issue just because that it takes it's much more messier when you have different opinions on how the city should be mm-hmm. with different voices but the thing is it does in the long run give a more kind of uh, uh, definitely, definitely that ownership of the city is given back to the people so in a sense they would take the effort to take care of the things that is around their neighborhood much better than just leaving it to other people to deal with yeah. it yeah yeah, no, definitely. Fascinating. Um, so, of course, we've got the final performance that we, we've talked about already this coming weekend. Um, but there's also going to be an exhibition as part of this, isn't there, which will um, be showcased or premiered, I suppose, um, at the Everything is Connected event later in this month. Perhaps you can tell us a bit about that. Yep. Um, so just, sorry, just to give talk a bit more about the performance as well. So there will be a total of 46 people who will be walking through various parts of Manchester Mm. and performing the body gestures based on the audio created on the different parts of the Oxford streets and towards Hume Park area. So if anyone's interested, be sure to keep a lookout for them. It will start at 5.30pm on Saturday. Uh, 10th of March outside Manchester Central Library. Okay. And so, and then there will be an exhibition later on at Everything is Connected event that uh, will be showing the archive of the project, basically showing what we did through the workshop session. So there will be an online platform where people can interact and listen to the stories uh, created by the young people. And also there's going to be a documentary film on um, the, the, the process to go about from um, the beginning five months ago how the project came about to the end excellent thank you so something that we do like to ask all of our guests is what their must-have feature would be if they were given a blank canvas to design a smart city of their own Uh, we've had some really fascinating and diverse kind of ranges of ideas but i'm pretty certain that you are the first architect that we've asked this question to so um i'm sure you're going to have some really interesting ideas about what your utopian city would look like well, as an architect, I mean, we do like to think about utopian city, but <laughs> as you start working on the ground, you realize that utopian city has so many issues. And um, in a sense, utopian city um, would never work in a sense. But anyway, but um, <laughs> so what I imagine is a city where citizens are responsible for their own city and that they take their own in- initiative to get things going within their own neighborhood. So yeah. um I mean, that's one city that I hope that will happen. And also a city where only necessary technology exists and that there's a way for people who actually reside at that location to make the decision themselves collectively and not be guided by big data or parties' politics. Excellent. Really interesting ones. Thank you for that, Leng. So at the beginning of this year, we launched the CityVerve Open Innovation Challenges. Uh, Regular listeners will be familiar with this, having heard all about the programme on our last episode. Having whistled down from more than 150 applications, we were joined at the Bright Building in Manchester Science Park's central campus by our shortlisted startups who were ready and raring to be put through their paces. One of our citizen journalists, David Crooks, was there to report on the day's events for CityCast. Hello, my name is David Crooks, a citizen journalist for CityVerve, and we're here at the Bright Building in Manchester for the CityVerve Open Innovation Selection Day. Open innovation is a key aspect of the CityVerve project and is based on the belief that collaboration can act as a catalyst for new ideas. Hello, my name is Nick Rissos. I'm the Director of Innovation uh, 
uh, for Europe, for Cisco. Cityverb, when it was put together as a, as a project, was not only to showcase some clever ideas, was to prove that we can build a platform in which we can trial any idea. Today is the time that we are really proving that Cityverb is a platform that can accommodate any idea in the future. Uh, the importance of open innovation initiatives like the one that we're doing in Cityverve uh, are, are critical because it gives us the opportunity to see ideas that we will never get from the subject matter experts already involved into, uh, into, into the project itself. Uh, having people that they are trying to build ideas in transportation or in healthcare or in energy environment that they are not really in that environment at the moment gives us uh, uh, new ideas, uh, completely uh, new, uh, new perspectives uh, that we don't have already in the project, actually that we don't have already in the industry. This morning we heard quick fire pitches from the shortlisted startups, each bringing their own innovative solutions to challenges present across our key themes of travel and transport, health and social care and energy and environment. This was followed up by in-depth sessions with our panel of judges who were looking to find out more about each startup and what they might bring to the City of project. I'm Sam Lee, I work for TFGM, I work in the innovation team. Um, so today is a really exciting opportunity for TFGM to see what these passionate startups can put together and what solution they can provide. As always, transportation, we are very old school and it's very hard to it innovate, but these guys are agile enough to create new solutions that we can try out for us part of CityVirt project. Uh, I'm Bev Taylor and I work for Bruntwood. Today I'm at the uh, Open Innovation Selection Day to look at the pilot projects for the energy and environment thing. I'm hoping that some of the startups can bring a different element to what we've already got in City Verve. Certainly looking for something that's uh, innovative, relevant, and that we can hopefully take further within the open innovation program. Something that we, we as a team can add value to, to enhance their, their product. My name is Julie Harrison, I work for Manchester Foundation Hospital Trust. I'm here today in the Bright Building uh, to judge the health and social care theme. From the startups we've had today, I think there's some interesting um, things to look into further uh, with regards to how they can um, enhance our use cases and possibility within the open innovation. Yeah, the pitches are really exciting. It ranges from people that have early concepts and people that have established solutions. And it's about finding that collaboration piece in terms of how it links to the CityVirt project and potentially some of the partners and maybe some of the use cases linking, um, some of the SME linking between each other to create a more holistic solution. I think open innovation is important, especially within a CityVirt collaboration and the health and social care for we need new technology within health and social care we are behind in in technology and I think anything new would add value and reduce costs within the theme. Uh, I love the idea of these open innovation initiatives and I think it's something that we'll look to take forward as an organisation being able to tap into uh, some of the talent that's out there within the startup community and I think people bring in a different perspective maybe to an old problem uh, is really, really relevant today um, and we've seen that already this morning where people are bringing different ideas to the table. So I'm, I'm hoping for something really good from the, from the programme. Yeah, so open innovation is a really important part for TFGM. We're always keen on trying to encourage young people to create businesses, to create solutions for the transport industry. It's always been known that when they look at transport they think of boring buses and the tarmac on the road. We want to make it so it's exciting, so it's about the lifestyle, how they get access to cities and different events and doing different things. 
things, seeing their friends, to building solutions that transform their lives. It's difficult and it's, it's important because there's that much red tape within public sector and the information governance um, aspect around NHS and social care is to navigate around that is a minefield so I think it's really important and it's a good opportunity for SMEs to get into and see how the NHS works and social care and how to get into it in terms of that. I think these startups can really tap into some of our own expertise so both from a commercial perspective I think there are a couple of people that demonstrated this morning who've um, they're looking at potential opportunities where they may not exist they can tap into our expertise our business models and, and the networks that we can put them in touch with so excellent opportunity for them as well as us ultimately only eight entrants can be taken on to the next stage which consists of an intensive eight-week accelerator program i'm paul from growth studio we're running the program for city verve open innovation uh, we've been working for the past few months to structure the program and to, to scout a, a range of startups that can bring value to city verve and also the types of startups that city verve can bring value to as well so Today's been a really exciting day. We've met 15 startups that were whittled down from 150. Uh, we've got them down to eight. We had a huge amount of debate amongst the judges and the advisors as to which ones to bring forward, which was really exciting. It's good to have more contenders that we'd want to put through rather than, than fewer. Uh, we've got some really exciting people um, in terms of how we're going to be using the, the platform. There's lots of innovative ways. There's a challenge, obviously, to try and use them for the next six, the next eight weeks and to have a clear demonstrator at the end of the programme. But everyone's really excited, really pumped. We're going to be contacting the, the eight startups the next couple of days with next steps. And, yeah, we can't wait to get going. That's all from us here today. Back to you in the studio, Vicky. Now, Ling, here comes the tricky bit. On each episode, we like to set our guests a challenge. Uh, firstly, to offer up a watertight definition of a relevant word or phrase. And secondly, you're given the chance to put just one piece of wishy-washy wordery into our virtual room 101. So first up with your definition challenge, uh, let's hear your best description, please, of wearable technology. Um. Anything that's attached to your body for a prolonged period of time. So things like your mobile phone or your glasses or contact lens that you wear, which augments your vision. Brilliant. Nice succinct to the point. Thank you, Ling. Um, and on to the interesting slash slightly potentially controversial element. What are you going to be submitting this month into our Room 101? Smart City. Oh, that is a controversial one. <laughs> and, and, and what is it that you object to so strongly about the, the phrase smart city? I think the, the smart city itself, the thing that I object strongly to is the idea of smart itself. Mm -hmm. And because I think nowadays we had the idea that smart city is just any city that we plug in tons of sensors and tons of um, devices on the streets. But that doesn't equate to a smart city. Mm -hmm. A smart city should be a city where People, first of all, people are happy with where they are. There's, um, uh, people are happy that their concerns are being taken care of. And yeah. that doesn't have to be technology that enables that. There could be other things that could enable that. So um, it's just, I, I guess, for me, the notion of what a smart city is in this current day needs to be redefined. That's why yeah. I'm bringing it to the Room yeah. 101. Yeah. Brilliant. I love it. Yeah. Thank you, Ling. That's uh, potentially one of the most controversial ones we've had. So uh, always, always nice to uh, spark a bit of controversy. Thank you. <laughs> 
So it's time now for another member of the City Verve Consortium to take our Meet the Partners Challenge. This month, it's MSPs Anne Dornan who's going up against the clock. Anne, ready? What is your name and who do you work for? My name is Anne Dornan and I work for Manchester Science Partnerships. What is your organisation's role in the City Verve project? Our role is multifaceted. We are the lead on the energy and environment theme. We are the lead on the Open Innovation Programme. We are also the project headquarters for the City Verve team within our Bright Building. Why is Manchester the perfect location for the City Verve project? Manchester is the perfect location because Manchester is the perfect city. It is creative, it is diverse, it is tolerant and welcoming and it has a rich pedigree in science and innovation so it's the ideal location to trial the city of the future. What is the biggest challenge and what is the biggest opportunity facing cities of the future? The biggest opportunities and challenges facing cities of the future are how to design solutions which are truly inclusive and reflective of the diverse needs of their citizens and can also bring to bear solutions designed both by major global players, large industry, as well as some niche solutions being brought forward by startups and SMEs. What are you most excited about for CityVerve? The thing which I'm most excited about in the CityVerve project is the Open Innovation Programme. This is a national competition which will seek to introduce some new developers, new technologies and new solutions into the programme. So really excited to see what new ideas this brings forward into City Verve. Thanks, Anne. And that's it for this month's edition of CityCast. As entertaining and enlightening as ever, I'm sure you will all agree. Big thank you to my guest, Ling Tan. Uh, Ling, where can people go to find out more about your work? So uh, you can visit supergestures.com or Supergestures Facebook or Instagram page to find out more about the project in Manchester Mm -hmm. and the performance itself. Um, Like I said, there will also be an exhibition from the 23rd to 29th of March at the Bright Building at Manchester Science Park where you can interact and listen to the audio stories created by the young people and also watch the film on the entire process of creating this project. Um, You can find out more about my project at linkql.com as well. Brilliant. Thank you, Ling. Thank you. Good luck with the show. You can download and subscribe to this podcast via iTunes and Acast and listen again on the CityVerve Mixcloud and Soundcloud pages. A quick Google search will get you there. We're always looking for suggestions of topics to cover, so if you have a burning question that you'd like answered on a future podcast, then do get in touch over on Twitter using the at CityVerve handle. And until next time, stay smart.